a listener exclusive. It is Sunday, May 22. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And yes, it is uh, Sunday morning as we are recording this. Uh, it's entirely my fault. I've... Uh, flown into the Republic of Western Australia uh, to do some work and was not going to be available at our usual recording time. So we've had to break our own code, Will, <laughs> and record an episode of Two Guys, One Cup before the round's even finished. I mean, I did wonder if it would affect the show in any way, us not knowing the results of the last three games, but I don't think it will. I, you know what the funny thing about it is? Like, we did have that rule. We were like, we should always, like, have all the games of the weekend play before we do the podcast. And yet, of any of the football podcasts that I am involved with or listen to, we are the one that is absolutely least relevant. To <laughs> like, we could record it on Saturday morning and it would 95% be the same content. Most weeks, we barely talk about more than two or three games. So, like, literally, if there was a Thursday and a Friday, we'd have plenty of content by Saturday morning. Well, the funny thing is, like, as the week rolls on, I will jot down things that I think is wor are worth talking about, you know, so we can put it in the run sheet. Yes, we have a run sheet, believe it or not. Now that we're <laughs> now that we're a semi-professional podcast, you have a run sheet. But then when I realized I wasn't going to be available to do our normal recording time after the round had finished, I looked at the notes that I jotted down and not one of them was a reference to a result <laughs> or anything about the game in general. And I mean, you know, it's like haircuts and socks and that kind of stuff, the usual nonsense. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all we're interested in, really. I mean, I did this morning um, watch uh, a couple of AFL meetings. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know what? It's a Sunday morning. I watched a little bit of, you know, post-election coverage. And then I was like, I need a bit of a refresher before we do Two Guys, One Cup. So I sat and watched some AFL minis this morning. So I have seen highlights of a couple of games. I love an AFL mini. Like, I am a big fan of the mm -hmm. AFL mini because the highlights that you get on AFL.com... They're just, they're okay, but you don't get enough, but you get a bit more flavor with the AFL Mini, but, but you also get like, it's all the chuffer is cut out. Like, I don't need to see a lot of that stuff. You know, the one thing that's really struck me about, I, I watched the um, AFL Mini of the Saints, because I didn't get to see the Saints game against Adelaide, but Dwayne Russell, we talked about him last week, the hyperbole. <laughs> when, you, when you compress Dwayne Russell commentary, it starts to become more stark, like the cliches he uses. Like, there was one that kept making me laugh. He said it three times on the week on on Saturday which was uh, when a player is lining up for goal Dwayne said Dwayne doesn't say he's lining up for goal Dwayne says he struts in <laughs> the player <laughs> struts into goal yeah Dwayne Russell's got the same sort of commentary style as the headline writers on news.com.au have yeah. oh, you know how that nobody ever is just at the beach in a bikini they're flaunting their bikini body yeah that's right that's how Dwayne commentates on the football looking him strutting back on the mark strutting towards goal well the way he finished the game as well so like Marshall kicks the sealer at the end of the game you know the Saints seven minutes to go the Saints are down and then we have like th three big men King Ryder and Marshall all stand up and kick you know clutch goals to win the game but we were down the whole game. We were behind the eight ball. It was only the last seven minutes that we were able to get in front. 
Dwayne Russell after the siren goes, oh, the Saints are good. They're scary good. And I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> if anything, we were lucky to win that game. Lucky to win it at all. Yeah, well, you guys were so far behind the eight ball that Dan Hennebury was interested <laughs> in getting back involved. So, <laughs> Well, let's talk about uh, Dan's old team, the Sydney Swans, because uh, I, I did watch uh, the Friday night game between the Blues and the Swans, and I am still not, still not prepared to concede <laughs> that Carlton are a force, but they look pretty bloody good, especially when you look at their outs. Like, they have so many players out. Charlie Kernow seems to be unbothered by Harry McKay missing. He seems to be a better player with Harry McKay missing. Seems to be wrapped to have yeah. a bit of extra space down there. <laughs> but there was one incident that made me laugh, which was, I'm not sure if you saw it, it was when Josh Kennedy uh, 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 took out, um, uh, God damn it, uh, you know, everyone loves him. I've forgotten his name. Uh, oh. Sam Doherty. Doherty, thank Doherty? you. Yes, when he took out Sam Doherty, and popped a hamstring at the same time. It was this really weird kind of instant where he, like it's a head high clash and then he grabs his hamstring. But he's lying on the ground in pain holding his hamstring and then Adam Saad runs over and starts remonstrating with him while Josh Kennedy's like flat on his back holding the back of his leg and Saad's standing over him like grabbing him by the jumper and like shaking him on the ground. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Someone remonstrating with a player who's already like prone on the ground. Well, you know what it is. It's that classic old guy in a bar who thinks he's still got a good punch left in him. And he takes a swing at someone, kind of like glances off their head and then just like falls on the ground and like breaks his shoulder. That's essentially what happened with Kennedy. Like, but trying to be like, I mean, he's always been a hard player, but yeah. he, Never he doesn't, doesn't strike me as one of those guys who can Joel Selwood or Trent Cotchin it up like in those last few years of their career. You know, those guys have just got a little nastier to make up for the fact that they don't have the speed or whatever anymore. Josh Kennedy, that he doesn't strike me that he is that sort of player. In fact, it looks like with this injury um, that perhaps even this might be the end. This might be the last we see of Josh Kennedy, I think, because I'm not even sure he's in the Swans' best team anymore. And mm. the fact that he might be out for half the season with a terrible hamstring at his age does not bode well for his career, I wouldn't have thought. But it would be annoying being a Swan. And seeing Buddy Franklin, who's like 50 years old, and he's probably going to get like another two-year contract extension, who just, you know, completed a nine-year contract, and you're like younger than him, you're like, well, if Buddy can keep doing it, I can keep doing it, can't I? Surely. What I would love is, I think that we should have been able to take names and like screenshots of Carlton fans who've written off various of their players over the oh, last yeah. few years. Because watching Weedering playing that game remember worst number ago? one pick ever yeah like literally the shit that was said by carlton fans about jacob weedering after he'd had like a really great like start to his career and then much like almost all tall players who come in and have a good start plateaued a bit before he's like you know rebuilt and reshaped and you know worked out but he was like one-on-one -on -one, he is incredible weedering now mm. and it, like they were all going to get rid of him they were going to get rid of crips like you know, they are... I like Carlton a lot. Like, I must say this. I know that you're nervous about it. And I know that, you know... It, I, I, I think that, you know, the fact that Melbourne are so good is making me have more fun with Carlton. Yeah. Because I don't really feel like there are proper oh, stakes on the table. You know, well, I, I don't see, think that they're actually going to win the whole thing. I did see someone online make a good point, which is like, for a neutral observer, Carlton are great to watch. Because A, they play a really exciting, high-scoring brand of footy. But then at some point during the game, they take the foot off the pedal and they give the opposition a chance to win the game. So it's really exciting. 
it's always exciting. That's been their pattern all season, which is just like look like the best team in the competition and then look like they forgot how to play football for a while so the other team can get back in it. I mean, they play an incredible cat and mouse style of game. You yeah. know, that's what it really feels like. It's like it's no fun unless the opposition's still in it. I can hear you. You can keep going. I can hear you. Yeah. The, uh, we, we, yeah, I had you at cat and mouse game. Yeah, well, I just think they don't find it exciting unless um, the opposition's still in it. I well, is it, is it cat and mouse or is it tortoise and the hare? They, like, yeah. they get out to a huge start and then they take a little <laughs> snooze under a tree. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm in a WhatsApp group. I think I've talked about it before with a, a few mates, uh, an AFL WhatsApp group that's dominated by Carlton supporters. And watching them on Friday night was like hanging out at a bar with a drunk, like the exaltation and the joy in that first half. And then in the third quarter and even half the, of the last quarter, it was all doom and gloom and regret and <laughs> sack Voss. <laughs> yeah, it's a real roller coaster, And I'm enjoying that. Like at the moment, that's a fun thing to, to watch and to be part of. And they are one of the more exciting teams to watch in the AFL at the moment. Like when... When their good players are doing what they do well, it's very exciting to watch. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, a team that's um, really having a tough time of it is the uh, is the Bombers, and uh, three sixty uh, was it was it was a it was a vintage week of three sixty. There's some stuff that happened that everyone else has talked about, so we don't need to talk about. There was Dimmer, you know, talking about smoking cones in the box. Robbo thinks the game's getting too woke, which I was like, oh, when's this going to happen? Oh, finally, he said it. Fantastic, the game's getting too woke. But then they were talking about where the Bombers are at. And um, you know how they, they, do, they do those little sort of promo interstitials on 360 where they'll, you know, they'll just grab commentary from all different media commentators and they'll slow the footage down and play it in black and white and stuff. Listen to this one. Um, it's a, they did a little remix of uh, one of uh, Rutten's press conferences and it's like the most moody arthouse film you've ever seen. Now, ability to, our steeliness, our resolve... We want to be competing against the best teams for longer, you know, and Sydney, yeah, were way too good for us tonight. As I said, I thought the scoreboard flattered us on the night. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh hey, guys, um, Chuck's going to do a media conference. We'll, we'll need... I don't know, not a whole orchestra, but definitely some strings, <laughs> some violins, some cellos. Well, as that ship, as the SS Essendon FC was going down, I'm glad to see that the orchestra still decided to play. <laughs> I mean, that was incredible. It was like, that was like when a hip hop band suddenly decides to tour with a symphony orchestra. <laughs> go, go, they go acoustic. <laughs> It was moving though, like, and when you actually see the vision of it, like, because it's like literally Rutten finishes the conference by not knowing what to say. We're bad. What what can I say? And it's like, someone give this guy a hug. Like, this is awful. I'm not enjoying this anymore. Oh, oh, I am still. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not, see, because I, I for a while I was feeling sorry for them, and then this week uh, it was so sad to see Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody yeah, retire from the game, like just absolutely one of my favorite players in the AFL. So very sad to see him go. But I will say the only upside is he was one of these reasons that I wasn't enjoying this Essendon thing as much as I was like, you know what? I want Tibber to come back. I want them to play well. But now that he's fucked off, I can actually lean into the schadenfreude of Essendon <laughs> being shit and I'm fine with it, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, 
I don't mind Essendon being shit for a while. Like like you said, if Carlton are going to be good, you need some of the other big clubs to be bad at the same time so that, you know, we can enjoy, you know, we can go, okay, it's all right that Carlton's here because, like, you know, Collingwood and Essendon are no, going no good. Yeah, it's funny, though, with the Rutten thing, isn't it? Because the way, and, you know, this is something that fascinates me about AFL commentary, media commentary, is the way that the perspectives shift so quickly. And now it's gone from like last year, Brent, uh, Ben Rutten was, he should have been given the reins earlier. I mean, he basically coached in Worsfolds last year. And he should have, but now it's shifted to, well, he was essentially a caretaker coach. I mean, they've just gone from one caretaker coach to another caretaker coach. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it just changes so quickly. Give him another year and then, then let's see. Like maybe the Bombers just got a bit ahead of themselves. They've had some injuries this year. They're down on confidence. But I tell you what, like if I was a Bombers player, there is no, and they all say that we don't, you know, we don't read the papers. We're not aware of it. You know, Dyson Hipple hadn't seen the footage of Dylan Shield until he got onto the, on the couch. And it's like, bullshit. <laughs> Which is like impossible. <laughs> impossible. Like, unless, unless they actually did, you know, like one of those things where you're in a spy movie and they put you in like blackout <laughs> goggles and bundle you into the back of a van that has no windows and took him to the Fox studios. There is no way he could have avoided it. So this, this sort of calling for, for him to get sacked. Like I, I think about Stewie Jew, right? And uh, last week it's like, we all love him. We all love him. And now they lose to the doggies. I'm like, well... Is the blowtorch put back on him? I mean, while we're still talking about 360, just listen to this moment uh, 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 where Robbo is talking about, you know, the, the, the Suns love Street Jew and they want to keep Street Jew, but the AFL might overrule them. And this, this is what happened. And then you know, I wrote, you know, his last flourish of his pen is going to say, I want Clarkson at the Gold Coast Suns. That can't happen, Jared. If the AFL does that, I reckon Tony Cochran will resign. Oh, that's no question. And Mark in, in Evans. a rather fiery display, I would imagine. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so Whaley brings up a good point, which is that maybe we should sack Stewie G for Clarkson just to see how Tony Cochran will react. I mean, you know that this is something that's now got to be con constantly on their mind, which is at some stage... Tony Cochran's going to go out all guns are blazing <laughs> like and in a way you've just got to keep him inside the tent for as long as possible so he's like it's better he's inside the tent pissing out than he is outside the tent pissing back in but I think I mean Gold Coast played pretty well against the Bulldogs mm. I don't think they lost I mean they were in that game you know right until the last couple of minutes really and I just think if you're a club like Essendon Essendon's the sort of club like Carlton used to be where they can't handle just continuing to be shit. And if there's an Alistair Clarkson out in there in the market, I can absolutely imagine those coterie groups at Essendon who are like, we're a big club, we deserve a big-time coach. Like, there's got to be conversations happening there at the moment about the possibility of getting Clarkson to Essendon, I would have thought. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd think so, which is probably why Brett Rutten's giving such sad press conferences. Yeah, why Brett Rutten's hired a violinist <laughs> to accompany him every time he talks. Clarko's got the acoustic guitar, but the truck's gone with a violin. Speaking of the Suns, so I watched a bit of the, the Bulldogs and the Suns game. Now, look, the Bulldogs' goal-kicking has been terrible for a long time. Do you yes. think that they've just accepted it? Like, yes, 100%. There has been no improvement. And it's like, they remind yeah. me of the... You know what they are? They're like, this is who we yeah. are, baby. You, lo you love me for hey. who I am, but don't try to change This is me. the ABCs of me, baby. 
<laughs> they remind me of that character that Tim Robbins played in Bull Durham, Nuke, the pitcher, who was like an amazing pitcher. But like two out of his three pitches would just go yep. wild and just like hit, you know, knock out the umpire or go into the crowd or whatever. That's the Bulldogs. It's like, well, I guess if we have 40 shots on goal, we're guaranteed to nail at least 25% of them. And that, that could be enough to get us over the line. I mean, it is the one underrated thing about being a Bulldogs fan is you get to see them have a lot of shots at goal. Yeah. <laughs> you don't always get to see them kick enough goals to win a game, but you certainly see them have a crack. Like, they play still around goals like people played, like, lunchtime footy at school. Yes. Like, if you are close enough to have a ping at the goal, regardless of whether there's somebody else in a better position, just have a ping. But maybe Bull Durham style. Bulldog Durham. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. this is what we've got Bulldog to go. Bulldog Durham. And we've got to, because at training, of course, in Bull Durham, um, Tim Robbins' character was advised to wear women's underwear yes. underneath his pitching outfit so that he could, like, mm. you know, disassociate and concentrate on it. Is that, could Bevo go down to the club, boys, instead of reviewing the weekends, like, you know, goal kicking or anything like that, we're going to watch a great movie, Bull Durham. Yeah. And the whole team this week is going to be Bull Durham. And then he has all the players out there in women's underwear yeah. doing their goal kicking yeah he goes guys uh proud to announce new sponsor for the club victoria secret yep honey <laughs> burdette <laughs> i mean i think caleb daniel would be fine because they wouldn't have to like buy a larger size he would slip quite nicely into a women's pair of underwear i think dainty little caleb daniel i mean is it one of those things is there there's, there's no reason right that under your because you can wear your like bike shorts wear whatever or you want mate. protective right so yeah. there's no reason that the boys couldn't be running out there in like some lingerie and like you said this is like a great potential sponsorship for the club like yeah. even if it's not like one of those fancy pants brands even if it's just like i mean i'm sure bonds do like a, a range of like lingerie that is still like you know f performance lingerie right yeah yeah well you told me that wasn't it the bulldogs who won uh fundraiser they did the baby elephant walk like That's they right. they did a women's night and so why couldn't they do like a sexy victoria secret show like all the players come out dressed in their new sponsor like one of those big you know televise it <laughs> i mean can you imagine so this back in the day for people who don't know this these were the olden days the Bulldogs used to have a manpower night, they called it, which was basically they all, you know, did like striptease numbers, you know, old-fashioned like male striptease review show. And it was a fundraiser for, like, that used to pack out Heat Nightclub, even back then. <laughs> but think about it for a second. We currently have Bailey Smith in our yes. team. Yes. If the Bulldogs oh announced they were bringing back manpower night, and you could yeah. come along, and at some stage during the night, Bailey Smith would do like a, a dance show where like he revealed his junk just briefly at the end. You you Heat, Heat Nightclub would not be enough to get. You could literally sell out the MCG. I reckon we could sell a hundred thousand tickets. He's got quarter of a million Instagram fans. If you yeah. said that this is what was going to happen, I reckon we could sell out the entire MCG. Yeah, he should start an OnlyFans account yeah. as well. Just tie the whole thing together. You make a bloody fortune. They'll never need a sponsor again. The Bulldogs yeah. could be the the only independently financed team in the league. They don't need a sponsor. It's all off just Bailey Smith's junk. Yeah, the OnlyFans Western Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Aaron Norton's headband. Uh, Is it here to stay? Like I, I saw at one point it flew off. Flew uh, off and he still contest. kicked the goal. And it still flew kicked off the goal. In the context. And then he just like grabbed the ball, kicked a goal. 
I thought it was just like an early season affectation, no. but I'm wondering, is Aaron Norton, like there has not been a famous headband wearer since Bruce Dool. Like other players have, you know, I know a lot of Melbourne players wear them, but Aaron Norton has the presence and the profile, I think, to become headband guy. Like that's the first thing you think of yeah. with Bruce Dool, right? Headband. Do you reckon that Norton is ready to accept that mantle? Yeah, I think I think he is, you know. Heavy is it's going to be this thing where if an opponent grabs it, this is like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is not your fancy modern headband. I mean, I'm sure it is, but it doesn't look like one. He looks like an 80s tennis player, right? 70s, 80s tennis player. And I think part of it is it's not just about the headband because, like you said, there's plenty of players who have rocked a headband in the in between times. It's about the overall look of like the hair combined with the headband, combined with the player. Yeah. And I think that that he's got that sort of perfect storm of, you know, he's flying for big marks, but also the fact that it's like a white old school headband and he's got those long yeah. flowing locks. Like, oh, yeah, I think it's... I, I, I highly encourage it. I'm in favour of it. Do you think he should, like, shave the top of his head like mm-hmm. Bruce Dool so he has the kind of receding hairline with the headband? Because well, I never really... I think, no. I think, like, it's a Dunstall style thing. Okay. In that... While you've got the long hair, take advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, all right. Because I don't know, you know, it, does, it may not last forever. <laughs> but what he is already doing really cleverly is, if it does start to recede, he can, like, intentionally go the duel early. Go like, the you duel. Know, like, he go the duel, right? He'll yeah. just go into the barber and I'll say, like, the duel, thanks. <laughs> Keep it long on the sides and, like, short right down the middle. The duel. The reverse mullet, I guess it is, right? So, um, yeah, I reckon it looks... It's perfect. And he in that first half was unstoppable. It yeah. turns out you can stop him by doing really dirty illegal blocking tactics oh, for the entire oh. second half. Oh, sorry, but... Bevo. I didn't realize I'm doing two guys, <laughs> one cup with Bevo here. Well, Bevo is slowly morphing into an underworld crime figure. These thinly yeah. veiled threats and things of like, we won't talk about it, but you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, Bevo, yeah. the mustache yeah. is becoming you. Right. I won't say what it was, yeah. but there was some stuff happening. Yeah. All I'm saying is, yeah. the Gold Coast Your time will come. pretty nice things. Yeah, it's, seriously. <laughs> we're going to review the tape and we're going to take stock yeah. of what happened. We'll have it's... a little look at what happened and yeah. we've got long memories. <laughs> anyway, I won't say what happened. I'm not going to bring it up right now, but we all know what I'm fucking talking about. Anyway, we are going to fuck you up, motherfucker. Well, yeah, no, there was definitely a bit of that in Bevo, which I love. And I'm encouraging um, truck style truck with his symphony orchestra Sad music. um i want bevo to come in and like every time he talks they should play the sting from underbelly oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it seems we're not the only ones taking notice of uh the yeah. sons and, and and tuke miller um you know i've been saying all year that uh, i think tuke miller has the best arms in the afl well it seems i'm not alone uh this happened on the fox footy podcast this week last question uh took miller's arms asks yeah can we get yeah can we get took miller to post some bicep curl videos cheers yeah we'll ask (laughs) we'll see how we go now i had to actually stop when i heard that letter and go did i like write into the fox footy podcast in my sleep i was gonna say 100 (laughs) percent. you've like taken an edible or something and set up a <laughs> Took Miller fan bicep stand account. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could because he's got the best yeah. arms in the AFL, but I'm like, all right, well, clearly other people are taking notice of Took. I mean, do you think the Suns, this was their big test. Like, can they, can they knock out a potential finalist? They didn't do it. 
Does this mean that we forget they're irrelevant again, or do we hold hold out hope for the Suns this year still? No, I mean they honestly they went to Ballarat, they played the Bulldogs who were starting to find some form. Like the Bulldogs played pretty well, like kicked badly but played pretty well, and Gold Coast were literally a kick behind with a minute and a half to go. I know the Bulldogs kicked a couple in the last minute to make it look a bit more impressive, but they got right back in that game. I, I like it's certainly from my point of view, I was like, there's a lot to be excited about with Gold Coast still. If they can go to Ballarat on the road and put up that sort of effort, then I think that that, that to me is almost more impressive than them winning home games at Metricon. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot to be excited about, and that's exactly what Alistair Clarkson's thinking <laughs> as he eyes <laughs> off the Suns. Now, I was looking at the ladder last night, and uh, I was quite shocked to see of the top nine, so the top nine teams on the ladder vying for finals position. Uh, okay, so you've got the Demons who are at the shortest odds, and then after that you've got Brisbane, and then there's a bit of a distance. At, uh, so, like, Brisbane are at 550, and then you've got Carlton at $12. But St Kilda, who are fifth on the ladder, are ranked like out of the eight. So even the Bulldogs have a better have a better chance of winning the premiership according to the bookies than the Saints. The Saints are eighteen dollars. The Bulldogs are seventeen. Richmond are fourteen dollars. The Swans are fifteen dollars. This is the thing about the Swans. I think the Swans have done some kind of like Jedi mind trick on 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 the AFL public and media. Everyone's like, oh yeah, they could win the flag. They keep losing games. They keep losing games and they lose games at home. Yet everyone's like, oh, they're gonna. Yeah, they're potential top four candidates. I don't know that they are. No, I don't know that they are either. But why are you looking at the bookmakers' odds for the Premiership? Oh, no. Like, I, I are you suddenly like, you know, because you're going to completely jinx St. Killer me. If you, this is perfect. This is exactly what you want. No you want people this. to not rate St. Kilda. Like, this is not... You don't want to be like suddenly you know top four in the betting for the premiership that's just setting yourself up for a massive fall so i would be celebrating this like i think this is fantastic in fact my big hope for this season is bevo wanted to blow out the odds (laughs) whack a bunch of money on (laughs) you're right he would (laughs) mate he he would he would know some betting markets that aren't listed on afl.com.au i reckon bevo knows a guy that he just hands cash to and i tell you what you better fucking pay up otherwise bevo's going to come looking for you he'll watch the tape and he'll remember (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he has the opposite of Bitcoin. It's BevCoin and it's actual coins in a bag yeah, that he, he either hands to someone or hits somebody with. <laughs> if it's not a bag of coins, it's a pillow sack filled with bars of soap. <laughs> now, Will, you sent me something during the week which yeah. uh, was interesting. So we all know the twerp. He's captured the media's imagination, the media landscape, footy media landscape's imagination. And it feels like now there's a bunch of people trying to, trying to do the twerps. You found this clip of Cameron Ling. Let's have a listen. That's all I care about from now on, Al. If you, if you ever hear me talking about the fact that, I don't know, Darcy Parrish had 29 disposals in a game or 35 disposals in a game, and it's the junk that he's been dishing out over the last month or so, please stop <laughs> me because I don't ever want to talk about possessions for the sake of possessions. I mean, is there a less convincing twerp than Cameron Ling? But here's what I want to ask. Cameron Ling, are you okay? <laughs> because this is a couple in a row now. Yeah. We're Lingy, the second nicest man in the AFL. Probably at like, you know, equal nicest man in the AFL with Richo, right? Yeah. Like beloved Cameron Ling. The guy who has absolutely The like, mayor of Geelong. Is, like just a beloved figure. And this is like they're trying to turn him into a, a twerp. He's not a twerp. 
he's a beautiful man in twerps clothing and it is not convincing. Yeah, I don't buy it for a second. I mean, it did get me thinking though, like who do you think in, in of the current AFL commentators and, and media identities, who would, who, what would be the least convincing heel turn? Like I think Brad Johnson, I wouldn't buy Brad Johnson. I couldn't imagine Brad Johnson coming out and twerping it up. Could you? No, Jono doesn't seem... Twerpish like, at all. No, you just, yeah, that, that smile, unless, I guess, you know, the smile could be sinister. Yeah. In that it is almost too beaming and you find out some really, you know... It'd be like, sarcasm. A- if, 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 if Brad Johnson had dipped, adopted a really sarcastic tone, so everything was still upbeat and positive with a smile, but it was insincere, you'd be like, oh, that's nasty. This guy, he's just, he's just like acerbic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've just really got to get congratulating him. He got like 12 touches and all of them were ineffective disposals. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Richo. I think Richo yeah. would be impossible to, to do a heel turn. I mean, I guess what would Richo play into to be a twerp? I mean, it's hard to say. He's so lovable. Isn't he? Like, you can't even imagine what the Richo thing would be. That like- Would it be like idiotic statements rather mm-hmm. than kind of mean statements? Because sometimes Richo can come out with a weird theory he's come up with on his own, like something that he's thought of. Would it Would it be more... Okay, yeah, so the classic example was that the goalposts look closer together yeah. which I agree further with. away, which is actually true. Yeah. <laughs> and I, he should not have been mocked as much as he was for saying... So I guess that is that would be his version of twerpiness. Like yeah. the famous Breck Kirk, you know, the when he became the... Seven commentator, and they always play that footage of him. I think that if Richo was going to go in a twerpish direction, it wouldn't be your Kane Corn style twerp, it would be your Brett Kirk style twerp, which is yeah. it's like too airy fairy, too arty, goofy, too, too, yeah, goofy and out there. Yeah, um, okay, Will, it's time for everyone's favorite segment the pocket profile pocket. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. And I thought I would uh, uh, pick a player close to home this week, mm-hmm. a Saints player. I don't think we've done one all year. Um, are you familiar with the St Kilda Ruckman, Rowan Marshall? I mean, I am familiar with him as a footballer. I can't say that I know much more about him in his life. He's a younger man. He's only been in the system for, I would say, four or five years, maybe five no, years. Five or six years. He's been in the system years. for longer. I think he's like 26. I think he's, yeah, mm. probably, probably close to eight or nine. Okay. Well, what I'm going to say then, Charlie, is I know nothing about Rowan Marshall. <laughs> well, that was, that was the one thing I thought I might know about him. As a Saints supporter, I didn't really know much about Rowan Marshall and this pocket profile taught me that I really didn't know anything about Ron Marshall. So I, you had a good week last week with Alex Williams playing in the forward pocket. Uh, hit the, the Mark Lacroix to your Josh Kennedy, but now you're back on your own. Lacroix's out again, pulled a hammy. So you're going to be on your own um, to take a punt at Rowan Marshall. So let's start with the first question, which is, of course, his favourite non-AFL sporting team. Uh, it's an NBA team, and it's one of the big franchises. That's my thought. Okay, so... He's a younger man. Um, uh, oh, look, I'm just going to go to the Lakers, the LA Lakers. You're correct. LA Lakers, great start. I mean, he's a tall fella himself. Probably played a bit of basketball in his time. Did you know that Scott Pendlebury really? has a background in basketball? Does it help him in any way on the football field? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, with his awareness and his 360-degree uh, uh, movement yeah, right. and all that kind of okay. stuff, it's great, yeah. Thanks, Dwayne. Um, does <laughs> Roe, does Roma, who's... Uh, 
her nickname is it's either Roma because Ron Marshall or the Prospect they call him oh. down at Moorabbin, which I thought oh that's a cool nickname because the Prospect makes him sound like Rookie of the Year, but apparently it's a reference to Fortnite, the video game, which is a lot less cool. <laughs> well, maybe for younger people it's a lot more cool. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay, uh, does he go to AFL games when the Saints mm, aren't playing? Interesting. I've got no idea. Is my first instinct, but like based on my usual reasoning, which is that. Interstate clubs definitely rule them out. Basically, if you're an interstate club, you probably don't go to other games. bit harder when we get to a Melbourne team. So this is, I don't know, I've got no sense so far if he's like a real footy head or not. Like, you know, he liked... Well, after one yeah. question about another sport well, entirely, you've got I no mean, idea. Based on the evidence I have so far, he likes basketball yeah. and he possibly likes yeah. the game Fortnite, which might indicate that yeah. he's more interested right. in other sports than AFL, and so maybe he doesn't go to other AFL games. So I'm going to say no. Correct. This is a good start, Will. Very impressive. I feel like you've been working hard on the track. You brought your mouth guard to training this week. Not because of any contact or anything like that, because you can just keep biting your tongue. Uh, All right. Should the centre bounce be Mm. retained? Now, keep in mind, he's a ruckman, so he probably is an expert when it comes to this topic. Yeah, well, I mean, that his opinion is definitely valued. Um, I would have thought, like, he's young and athletic, and he probably, to be honest, the the bounce up straight up probably, the the throw up probably favours him because it's less... But he's also mobile. He's agile. I'm going to say no. He, I reckon he thinks they, they should retain the bounce. No, no. He thinks they should get ah. rid of it. He's a modern man for modern times. Damn. It's all right. It's all right. Just, just one little blip so far in the first quarter. Okay. I am amazed though constantly. I think that I have, I have a bias. My bias is that I think that everyone thinks the bounce should be retained. And what I'm learning from doing these pocket profiles is no one who actually plays the game really thinks the bounce should be retained. It is so rare that it comes up that anyone, and they're mostly like midfielders of some kind who are being asked, and every week they're like, no, fuck it, it's dumb. At the very least, like have one ball up and after that just throw everything else up. One a year. You can ball it up once a year. The start of the grand final. In the the Legends match. Uh, what's his one non-football wish for 2022? And it's kind of a, how do I say? It's it's a, it's it's not a sporting. It's more of a personal wish, and it's kind of romantic. Oh well, maybe he's engaged and he wants to get married. Is there a chance that he wants to get married? That he's no, he's not quite. It's further back in the uh, development oh, of that. That he wants to meet a girl <laughs> yes like but what kind of not specifically but but what kind of connection does he want with this person <laughs> a one he'd love to have a one night stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he wants to meet just a real <laughs> tramp just someone will do anything i really want to try this one specific fetish and i just want to i've thought the footy record was the place to talk about <laughs> um, he wants to no. find love yeah but what there's a term for when you know when people talk about he wants to the, find the one yeah it's more uh, there's the, another term for it soulmate soulmate he wants to find his soulmate and it's not like I want to find my soul, comma, mate. <laughs> like, and then I also want to find my asshole, mate, if you know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> check me out on my OnlyFans. 
Okay. What was his scariest non-football moment? Um, okay. So it happened in Cairns, but it wasn't related to any either of the two losses from this year or last year. And it's something that Bob yeah. Catter has been warning us about for years. Yeah. So no, I was I was already going to go in this direction. As soon as you said Cairns, I was like crocodile. Crocs, I'm yeah. going to lock in, lock in some sort of crocodile incident. Yeah. Well, he says it's weird. He says that you know he'd like to find his soulmate, but he ain't got time to talk about that right now because in North Far North Queensland. Said <laughs> I'd like to find my soulmate because like let a thousand, thousand blo- blossoms flowers bloom. bloom. <laughs> Uh, that's going to make no sense to anyone who listens to this show <laughs> overseas. Um, okay. Who? Okay, uh, that was the first quarter. Well done. Um, started off okay. Uh, I think he I think he did well. I'm going to give you a pass for that quarter. Uh, second quarter starts. Who rules the roost in his household? Uh, okay, so, all right. So, no partner, so that we can rule yep. out that. I'm guessing at 26 or whatever you reckon he is, then he's probably not living at home still. Correct. I'll give you that. Um, okay. So now it's whether he lives on his own with a pet or he lives with a housemate. Um, so I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say he has a housemate. And that... No, no, a pet. He, he has a dog. The dog rules the roost. Oh, see, you're so close because... A big dog does rule the household, but who is the big oh. dog? Uh, Paddy Ryder. No, no, he. Paddy Ryder. He, <laughs> no, he. Paddy Rowan describes himself oh, as me. He is the big dog. The big dog. Oh, he actually says he's the big dog. Yeah, who, who rules the roost in your household? Me. In brackets, the big dog. Oh, okay, the big dog. <laughs> I didn't realise that you were the self-appointed the big dog. <laughs> hey, oh, is he talking about the fact that like he maybe has a small dog? And in the household, they live as big dog and small dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like that Warner Brothers cartoon. Because imagine when he's down at the Saints, he's the small dog. Yeah, next to Paddy. Compared to Paddy Ryder. Oh, no, he's taller right? than he's, Paddy Ryder. Yeah, but I mean, he's the young. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the pup. It doesn't matter. Like, you come into a new pack. Yeah. And like, you know, like Paddy Ryder's the experience, you know, like the, the elder there. And like, so Rowan's got to be the little dog there. The apprentice. But when he goes home. Yeah. He's the big dog. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's a slight... Jade Gresham's probably like the smallest player in our list. Maybe they live together and he just slaps yeah. him around. <laughs> Go get your eyebrows waxed, Gresh. Bang! <laughs> um, okay, so his favourite or most influential junior coach. So I'm going to give you the choice between a, a coach or his dad. Oh, well, okay, so I'm going to say coach. Correct, Nick Bancroft. I don't know who that is, but... Uh, uh, where did he go to Auskick? Um... A pretty famous footy town. A um, couple of very famous saints. Uh, former captain of St Kilda and, and a, a former superstar of St Kilda came from this Victorian country town. Mm-hmm. I mean... Interesting. <laughs> if I couldn't sustain an erection, Will, I might have a Bacchus yeah. Marsh. <laughs> but <laughs> if I could, you might say I was all the way to this town. I don't know if that's, that's the worst clue ever, but... <laughs> Packing them up? <laughs> no. Um, uh, no, I don't know where. Uh, Ballarat. Haven't you ever heard that before? Cracker fat Ballarat? <laughs> no? Okay. Well, obviously not. Uh, what was the common theme of your report card? 
Now, mm. this has nothing to do with his behavior necessarily. Okay. It's more about um, a physical thing about him. Um, yeah, something that he did, an action he was always doing. <laughs> That's just terrible. <laughs> Not an action. It's a, uh, okay. You know, Will, the song, That's What Friends Are For? Yeah. Well, this is one of the rules uh, that you give to your friends, you know. Oh, my God. So I thought I'd never feel this way. <laughs> he's, what are they? No, I, no, I haven't started well this quarter. He, he's always what, what smiling. Keep smiling. <laughs> smiling. Keep shining. Shining. All right, that was a terrible clue. I'm getting, this, is, uh, this is a bad quarter for me. You've been fine, but the run has been coming out and it's been giving you totally conflicting directions. You don't know. I mean, Cracker Fat was the worst clue for Ballarat, <laughs> considering that the Bulldogs literally played a game in Ballarat on the weekend. Oh. You couldn't have riffed off that. I thought it was Bendigo. In- <laughs> I thought you were in Bendigo. I get those two towns confused all the time. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, how about this? I'll give you another clue that's related to erections. Um, who's the best storyteller at his club? Um, all right. Okay. So at the Saints, uh, related to erections, um, Jack, someone? <laughs> no, don't, no, don't, name doesn't <laughs> really? Jack. Really? It's his surname no. is related to erections. Oh, uh, all right. Cox? Is there a Cox? No, there's no Cox. Like? A dick? It's a euphemism for, for having an erection. Wood. Yes. Someone wood. Mason Wood. <laughs> Mason Wood. <laughs> Uh, does, does actually sound like the erection you get when you're fucking pottery. His <laughs> <laughs> name's not Vason Wood. Uh, who's the best social organiser at your club? You might say that this player gives you silver service when you go out. Ah, uh, Jack Steele. <laughs> No, but they can see. That's actually, that works. The clue works for that and the other. No. Um, uh, uh, um, butler. Yes. Dan, Someone Butler. Yeah, Dan Butler. Dan Butler. <laughs> that was good though. Jack Steele works. Uh, who's the most tech savvy teammate at your club? Well, this guy's mm. had a lot of time to be on social media because he's not uh, on the Dan f- Henry. Correct. Uh, tech savvy again might be like we, we seem to be working out that tech savvy might be the term for the people who know all the apps that the government can't yeah, the trace. encrypted apps yeah. uh which teammate should run for political office in the future uh former bulldog interesting he plays former for the saints bulldog. now yeah plays for the saints he's a bit of a journeyman but he did play for a while mm. for you guys i mean it's easy to forget I mean, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if you forgot this guy played for you. He came across yeah. last year from the Bulldogs. Interesting. <laughs> you really don't know? I really don't. I can't remember. I mean, the funny the thing is, it's like a deficiency that the Bulldogs have, really. Tall players. Okay, so he's tall and he went yeah. to the Saints. Yeah. I a cannot... very generic name. His name's, first name's Tom. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> you don't, oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. I can't wow, not. Tom Campbell. Ruckman Tom Campbell? Do you remember him? Played for six years for you guys. Really? But not many games, I don't think. Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> this is, I, I feel never, like this has gone off. I don't think I've the... ever heard that name before. <laughs> I feel like this has gone off the rails so badly. And it's not yes. going to get any easier because this is okay. where Ro starts moving mm. into comedy. So this is your field of expertise. Okay, so right. 
you you may now you gotta you know you, sometimes you gotta talk to serial killer to find a serial killer so maybe this yeah. this is where you'll bring it home strong rate his cooking skills from one to five mm. and my clue is remember this is the big dog yeah yeah so it's it's it, one of two directions if it's the big dog it's either a five out of five like i'm the big dog or it's like the big dog don't cook for the you know, himself. Like people, <laughs> yeah. people cook for the big dog. You know, <laughs> the big dog expects some silver service from Dan Butler. <laughs> yeah. around, and then I grab my Jack Steel and I yeah. munch down on my big dog food. But I'm going to say five out of five. He's the big dog. Close. Six out of five. Because he's the big dog. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even know that that was a possible <laughs> answer. I didn't know that you could go outside... The footy record scoring system to just come up with your own six out of 110%. You know what? As an AFL footballer, they are, are always giving 110%. So I should know that you can give a six out of five. Um, okay. More jokes. More jokes here. Mm-hmm. What's your best dish? Um, I believe... Actually, can you... Will, can you just put your speakers on mute? Because I just need to confer with Podcast Mike and I don't want you to hear. So just put your headphones on mute. Can you, are you able to do that? No, I don't know how you can do that. Mike, is there a way that I can get Will not to hear what I'm about to say? Can, will, just take your headphones out. I can just, I'll just take yeah. my headphones out. <laughs> Mike, Mike, are you there? Will, put your, put your headphones back in. I, I just put a call out to Mike, but I think he's literally left the room because he's not answering. Oh, okay. And so I I assumed that you wanted me to put my headphones back on because you were just pointing at your own yeah, head. Yeah, because I was like, I Mike's not there. Uh, okay, so um, okay. my clue is we'll just, it's a. Yes. His best dish is a popular fast food item that is considered gross. Okay. Most fast food chains be it McDonald's or KFC, will have this item. Most fish and chip shops, oh. most like shitty Bay Marie's will have this. Kids love them. Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Really? Yeah. Chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a joke, right? What was his worst cooking disaster? And it's chicken nugget related. Blew off a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, chicken nugget. Uh, one, what, one day he... Uh, I, I'll say, it's, it's not so much the cooking... Of the nugs, it was something else to do with the nugs. Um, it was a cooking disaster because he didn't cook enough nugs. He once ate fifteen chicken nuggets. Yeah, I mean that's it not doesn't that seem that many. Shane Mumford, Shane Mumford would knock off like a hundred chicken nuggets, <laughs> snort right? them straight up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is he a golf or tennis guy or neither guy? Mm, He's very big, very tall. Yeah. So big and tall doesn't necessarily. Like either of those sports, really. I feel like he would have been more of a basketball dude. I'm going to say neither. Correct. Neither. I think that's your first correct answer in ages. <laughs> yeah, I know. It hasn't been a good run. I've got to be honest with you. Um, has he ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an illness? Yes. No. Uh, oh. Uh, can he keep a secret? Mm. And he elaborates. He gives an answer yeah. and then he elaborates. And it's, a, yeah. it's disturbing. <laughs> well, not disturbing. But... I can... I can... I can. I know where the Beaumont children are. <laughs> he says, yes, I have a lot of secrets myself, actually. So many secrets. So many dark, dark secrets. So he keeps getting a contract extension. He's just got dirt on everyone at the club. Um, okay, so in this is interesting. So his idea of a perfect day kind of relates mm. to his football wish for 2022. Okay. 
So you remember that was he wanted to find his soulmate. So what's his mm. idea of a perfect date? This is the kind of thing that you might read in a cliched dating profile. Oh. Two two things he would would be in his perfect date. Long two, long walk on activities. the beach. Correct. And another romantic cliched romantic thing no. to do. Maybe you could do it after you walk mm. on the beach. Uh, like some romantic dinner. <laughs> Crack a Ballarat. <laughs> <laughs> It's watch the sunset, watching the sunset. Aaron is a cheapskate. Hasn't even <laughs> put out for dinner to find his soulmate. What's something that you are proud of? Uh, it's a joke answer relating to one of his earlier responses. Okay, um, his chicken nuggets. He once ate fifteen chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. What's his biggest fear? Again, by the way, fifteen chicken nuggets is not enough to be boasting about. Yeah. I. Like, I, I mean, I've not eaten nuggets, you know, in 25 years, but I think that I could eat 15 chicken nuggets. Easy. Do you think you could fi- eat 15 chicken nuggets? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon, yeah. yeah. I could eat, eat a dozen fairly easily. Three more would not would not bother me. Why? And he's a big man. Yeah. Why does he keep banging on about these 15 chicken nuggets? That doesn't, like, if it was like 150 chicken nuggets, I'd be <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I get it. This is like yeah. a funny story. But 15 is not enough for this to be a funny story. Which is how he gets you, mate. That's how he gets you. <laughs> he ate an appropriate amount of chicken nuggets for a man his Normal size, human. is what I'm hearing. Yeah, not even the dietitians at Moorabbin would probably have an issue with that. Oh, it's fine, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that won't affect mate, you. you left five in the 20-pack that they sell as a standard pack at McDonald's. So I don't know why you're banging on about this. Okay, what's his biggest fear? And my clue is he's come to the wrong club if this is his biggest fear. Uh, failure. Mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest compliment you have ever received. Um, someone once compared him to a legendary AFL Ruckman. Uh, modern oh. era AFL Ruckman. Uh, I would um, say, I'll give you even a Modern, modern era? Like 2000s. In that period, who was the dominant kind of Ruckman from sort of 2000 to 2010? Or maybe oh. a bit shorter, maybe 2000. Six seven. Um, he was a, he was Jim the, Steins. No 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 two thousand. Oh two thousand. So he was um, almost the prototypical. You know how Ruckman a lot like Brody Grundy. There's Ruckman now who play like giant midfielders. This guy was one of the yes. first to be that. And he had a funny surname. <laughs> um, who am I not thinking of? Oh come on! Is it is well, this you and I once answer? went to a, a, a grand final breakfast where. I think it was Campbell Brown or Spider Everett made a joke uh, uh, playing on this guy's name. Uh, uh, not uh, Dean Cox. Dean Cox. Oh, right. He yeah, was okay. told he plays like a, a in his prime Dean Cox. Okay. Um, if he could play an instrument, what would it be? Mm, interesting. Um... Well, the funny thing about this answer is that Alex Williams said this last week mm. and it was a big joke. Ha, ha, ha. Who would ever say that instrument? But seems like Ron Marshall. Was it? Um, I can't remember what Alex said. It was like saxophone or clarinet or something. It related to the uh, GWS. Oh, it was the the trumpet. Trumpet, trumpet. He'd love yes. to play the trumpet. Um, another joke answer here from the big dog. So just put okay. your big dog hat on. What TV series are you binge watching? Well, it's not a TV series. He's binge watching oh. something. It's not a TV series. What with um. the big dog? The big dog who plays like Dean Cox in his prime, what do you think he'd be watching when he gets home? 
Pornhub. Is he binge watching Pornhub? Because <laughs> no. that sounds like what the big dog's been doing. Just sitting there with one hand on his chicken nuggets and one hand on his other nuggets. Just... <laughs> He's watching his own highlights, the big dog. Oh, the big dog. Uh, and the best movie of all time, uh, an animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, an animated film, best movie of all time. Uh, Up? No. Mm. This is a um, film that we, you and I have talked about in our other podcast, Tofop, because we're like, oh yeah, it's okay. But for a certain generation, they revere this film and they revere its soundtrack. Oh, um, we did an entire episode oh, on this man. film and its soundtrack. We, we, we've talked about so many films. Shrek? Is it Shrek? Shrek. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it certainly I did not know Rowan Marshall at all. Shrek. I, that no, was I mean, look, to be the the hardest pro- pocket mm. profiles, it seems, are when the players try and crack gags yeah. because they are so nonsensical sometimes. Well, they're all over the shop. It's very hard to get a bead on like the player and then where their sense of humour is going to go. Yeah, but exactly. he, that might not be a joke. Like Shrek might be genuinely of his age that might be a serious answer i think no i think that shrek but it's the 15 nuggets and i'm the big dog and all that kind of stuff that's where i I think it gets highlights yeah Yeah. i think that's where it gets really really confusing because you're just not sure again my major take out of this is he seems to think 15 nuggets is a lot and 15 nuggets (laughs) is not a lot for a man his size that is my big take out of this all right well uh almost into the show let's dip into the two guys one cup mailbag before we go so if you want to send us a message you can we're on twitter at two guys one cup afl and instagram at two guys one cup afl um we're going to open up with a will goes whack if that's all right um mike can you hit the theme song look out Cleb, you better watch your back will goes whack Mork, Will, would like you to go whack against Two Guys, One Cup for recording a weekly podcast before the round is even over. Uh, Okay. Um, There was a podcast in the AFL uh, adjacent market called Two Guys, One Cup. Uh, They've been a disgrace to the industry for a very long time. Uh, They know nothing about the game. They often prematurely retire players. They spend about 20 minutes of every episode trying to guess a pocket profile and they really talk about the games, even when their teams are going well, but particularly when their teams are going badly. But the one thing that you could always trust them about was that they would wait for the round to be completed before they did their podcast. And now they have even broken that rule. So what can what is the brand of Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast? What does Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast even stand for? What is the point of two guys, one cup, an AFL podcast. Why should the good people at Listener, a, a, a an organisation, a respectable media organisation with respectable media, uh, like podcasts, still be supporting something that is so totally unreliable and undefinable as two guys, one cup, an AFL podcast? They are the essence of the competition. They are the Gold Coast of podcasts. They need to be shut down. They need to be delisted. They need to be deregistered. And they need to be put in a little bin marked <laughs> Stephen Dank for people who have brought the game into disrepute. Now, the last two Wills Goes Wax, you've kept referencing listener. And I just, I, look, I love the Will Goes Wax, but please don't make them aware <laughs> of just like how bad this show is. I think this is a joke between friends, but no need to include our employers. Um, Joy Brada wants to know, can we get a pump up for Tom Lynch? He's a superstar in the field and incredibly humble and gracious off it. Well, I know Joy Brada is a massive 
Tigers fan. And I'm glad that he thinks Tom Lynch is a wonderful bloke. Because all I see is a massive douchebag. Like, I see him throwing elbows and not getting suspended. I, To me, it's like a, it's a race between him and, and Jeremy Cameron as to who is the most unlikable forward in the AFL. I hope he's a nice guy off the field. I don't know anything. I've never seen him do any media outside of that. But what I see on the field... I do not like. And that's Charlie Goes Whack. I have heard a few interviews with him and he does seem like quite a nice guy. So I I will at least back up that part of it. What I am going to say is I'm all aboard the Tiger train. I, A, Dimmer dimmer on the bongs, you know, already got me across the line. Like, you know, absolutely to my area of interest. Absolutely want Bevo to be getting on the bongs. When Bevo gets on the bongs, that's... (laughs) Oh, no way. (laughs) Bevo is like you know like most people smoke weed and they're very chill yeah. but they occasionally uh-huh. some people go a bit yeah. fucking nutso uh-huh. that would be Bevo okay, well, <laughs> I don't want to see I Bevo I want high. Bevo to be doing an ayahuasca ceremony or something <laughs> like yes. you know yeah um, get in touch with what's what the why, where, why are you so yeah. angry Bevo hey look um, the reason Tim English has been out he actually hasn't had the flu he's been doing ayahuasca for two weeks he's just been <laughs> vomiting a lot he lost a lot of weight but he's had some real insights into the universe he's seen his own death and I think that's going to unlock him as an AFL player <laughs> so um, I uh, but they did the dream time at the G stuff that the uh, uh, did you see the dance with the the, yes. with the players yes awesome I just thought I mean Richmond a it's not tacked on. I mean, so many of their, you know, core group of players are Indigenous players and they're super important to the club. But the way that they reflected that, to see that celebration, to me, those moments, like I, I've watched that over and over. It's unreal just to see the players there, you know, taking part in that, like, you know, before the game. I just, I like, I'm, I'm back on board the Tigers. They've been shit for yeah. long enough. And now I like this kind of last you know, version of maybe Dusty won't be around forever. Jack's going to go. Like, this is just, you know, Bolton's amazing. And, you know, there's all these kind of new gen. This is the period where I can enjoy the Tigers again. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. leaning in. I'm well, liking it. Why are you not playing yeah. them? Yeah. Well, if we're on the war dance thing, wouldn't it be awesome if we just adopted it on a national level? If that became like our hucker? Yeah. Because it is so f- cool and it is intimidating. Like, I mean, look, Andrew Bolt was the first one to point this yeah. out, but that imaginary spear is very, very threatening. <laughs> but I think it's fucking cool. And I loved the way, because generally in the past, it's just been the Indigenous players. But like you said, they brought the whole team in. So off, on a national sporting level, like we don't have to have all the players doing it if, if it, that's not the way it should be done. But to have them participate in some way and, and unite as a front and say, yeah, this is Australia. You're taking on the nation. We're a nation of all different cultures and, 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 and people. And these are our First Nations people. I think that would be incredible. Well, I thought Richmond, whoever, like, whatever they did, it felt like they had put a lot of thought into what it was that they did. But that's Richmond as a yeah. team, right? Like, they still are the boys from Entourage. Like, sure, they've had a couple of years where they just haven't been playing their best footy, but no team seems as bonded or has as much kind of a connection as the Tigers, yeah. It right? felt like a real thing. It felt like the yeah. team had decided that they wanted to show that they that it, this wasn't a thing about otherizing our First Nations people. It's about celebrating them and how important they are to our game. But I just, yeah, I I loved it. I just thought it was absolutely unreal. So good on the Tigers. Uh, Crozart wants to know, uh, what do we think about Max King? Yeah, great game. One thing I noticed in the stats, though, was he had six marks, six kicks and six goals. Same. Has, has he, is it yeah. possible that Max King has been powered by Satan? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I think it's the only logical <laughs> conclusion that you can come to based on that evidence. 
Uh, Sarah says, I don't know what I'm happier about, Richmond's win or ScoMo being out, but then considering we have three premierships, it should be ScoMo out, right? Right? Uh, Tony wants to know, will Frio beat the Pies and by how much? Well, I'm in WA at the moment. I'm actually staying just down the road from Optus Stadium, which, by the way, haven't been inside it, but what a fantastic stadium. I'm going to go get a photo with the Nicky Winmar statue this afternoon. <laughs> I've asked Gemma to come down with her best camera. Gemma's a professional director. I want to get one of her good cameras so I can get this on the wall. It's a great stadium, great layout. Um, and I have seen so many Pies supporters over here, and they're just walking around like two days before the game in oh, their in the Collingwood jumpers, Collingwood gear. It. Like it's, it's, I thought, oh, there must be a waffle team that has the same colours. But no, it's the genuine, like, they've come out early, they're gambling at the casino, yeah. and then they're going in to go cheer on the pies. And I love that I, yeah. there is still something that I absolutely love about that because I know there's some people who are like, you shouldn't wear your footy jumper if you're an adult. I'm like, I'm the opposite. Like, I wouldn't do it myself. But when I see other people doing it in the wild, and particularly that thing of going, like you said, Hey guys, I want you all to know that I've come over from the Eastern States and I'm going to be wearing this jumper until the weekend. <laughs> Hang on, what's that? Uh, yeah, no, it's still going. Sorry. That's all right. Oh, maybe we'll just take a break, guys, for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, thanks. Cool. We are two guys, one car. Yeah, earlier on, we just had a break from the podcast because your family came home, uh, Charlie, and uh, which is a fair enough reason for a break in the podcast. And... Uh, our producer, Podcast Mike, Radio Mike, of course, the, the, the wonderful Mike, uh, who is trying to, you know, get into AFL, but decided during our pocket profile when you needed him to be in the toilet. And so uh, <laughs> you had an important question. What we were talking about, mm -hmm. Mike, was the idea that Rowan Marshall from uh, the Secure Football Club, who was a big man, like a tall man, like a, a ruckman. 201 centimetres. Okay, 201 centimetre Rowan. Uh, he boasted about the idea that he'd eaten 15 nuggets. And I speculated that 15 was not an exceptional amount of nuggets to be mentioning that you have eaten because 15 just does not seem like, even for a normal-sized person, a lot of nuggets. Now, you have some nugget experience, I am led to believe. You're a nugget expert. I tried to do 100 nuggets in 100 minutes a few years ago, <laughs> um, just as a nonsense thing, because I've always wanted to see what my max nugget intake was. Yeah. So <laughs> and I got... Yeah, no, 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 wait, before you tell us what the number was, yeah. was it more or less than 15? It was significantly more than 15. In your face, and I would That's what I'll first. I say. would say 20 is like, I could easily polish 20 for lunch right now. Yeah, I mean, Dimmer, Dimmer Hardwick, after a couple of bongs, and knock off 20 nuggets without thinking about it, I would have thought. <laughs> mm. All right, well, let's take, uh, let, let's do prices right. Okay. Um, Will and I will right. be the contestants, Mike. So we're going to guess how many nuggets yeah. you, you ate. Now, how many, mm. how um, so many is, minutes it, were you there for? Were you there for the whole 100 minutes? Give us a clue. Oh, I tapped out before the 100. Okay. So I, okay. I didn't make the 100 nuggets. Were there you, were on, lots okay. left were you over. doing one a minute when you tapped out? Like, were you still on track uh, to get to the 100 when you tapped out? Uh, I mean, for the first like twenty minutes, I I was doing multiple a minute. Yeah, I. Whoa. But by the time I tapped out, it was probably like maybe one every five minutes. Okay, because... so that's all right. That's oh, a good wow. clue though. So for the first mm. twenty multiple yeah. a minute, so I'm going to say forty plus. I'm going to go with forty five nuggets, higher or lower? Higher, Charlie. I'm going to say sixty seven nuggets. Lower. Okay, I'm going to say fifty eight nuggets. Lower. <laughs> I'm going to say 54 nuggets. Bing, bing, bing. Is that the <laughs> Yes! 
54, the year the Bulldogs yeah. won the premiership. Brilliant. 54 <laughs> nuggets. Very appropriate to this podcast. I love it. And after I had the 54, I did say... I'll never have a nugget again, but the next day I did get nuggets from Maccas for lunch. So I still very much love nuggets. I would like to think after this at some stage, and this would never happen, but if some uh, evidence uh, footage of Podcast Mike at some podcast producer's party doing a huge line of cocaine, I hope that in the background people will be chanting, nuggets, 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 nuggets. Uh, well, let's finish off the mailbag before we wind up two guys, one cup. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Uh, okay, so April okay. Uh, wants to know that given that WA has delivered Australia a Labor government, are they our new overlords? And does that mean that Frio will win the premiership? I mean, it's a good sign for Frio, I think, that the you know that the Western Australia of all places has become like a Labor stronghold. Is like if that can happen, <laughs> then if the world's gone top, Frio can beat Melbourne in the grand final. Uh, Kevin wants to know, and special shout out to Kevin. He's a, he's a follower of ours on, on TOEFOP as well. He's an American. And he only started following AFL because we started talking about it. And I've got to say that when Americans get into mm. AFL, because I follow a few on Twitter now yeah. who are AFL fans, like they really get into it. And a lot of them have almost better insights into the game than fresh those eyes. of us who followed our entire lives eyes. do. Yeah, fresh eyes. He gets it. Like, he gets the teams. He gets their history. So, Kevin's question is, Giants versus Eagles, does someone have to win? Are we sure? <laughs> I have more affection for the Western Suburbs of Sydney than I have for the Western Suburbs. The wealthiest, the West, the the wealthiest yeah, people of WA. <laughs> Although, again, yeah. based on the election results, then maybe we've been misjudging. Yeah, maybe this dose of humility they're getting as football supporters has also encouraged them at the ballot box to not go for the front runners, to not go for the, the rich elite anymore. They have, you know what they, they understand at the moment? They understand what it's like to struggle. They understand what yeah, it's man. like to be the average working person, to, that success doesn't always come to you perfectly and things aren't always what you want them to be. And sometimes you need a, a safety net, you know, and... I think that it's that insight that they've got from their football team that might have turned the election. So, Well, generally, you know, I went to private school and I know a lot of my mates uh, who found when their jobs got too hard or when they weren't enjoying it, they just generally called their uncle and their uncle set them up with a brand new job somewhere else that paid them really well. So right. maybe that's just what the Eagles have to do. They just ask Gil to start a new league where they're really good again. <laughs> Uh, final question is from C1997. Very enigmatic. A lot of numbers in this guy's profile, so I'm not sure if it's like a, a bot. Okay. <laughs> and his question I don't actually understand. I'm, I thought maybe you might have some insight into this. He says, I wonder if anyone in the AFL media this week will have the balls to raise Ken Hinckley and Port's damning new mm. record. Mm. Of what record does he speak? I don't know, but the, the, like disgruntled Port Adelaide fan bot. <laughs> 1997. <laughs> like, I mean, they Quitty were... Jets, look, they got beaten pretty easily in the end. I will say that. But they were competitive for the first half. And then, like, Geelong absolutely ploughed them in the second half. But Geelong also played very well, I will say. Like, they... I mean, you know, there was a couple of goals that Cameron and Hawkins yeah. kicked that were just, like, magnificent, really. Yeah. I mean, as Lee Matthews once said, the longer you win, the closer you are to a loss. You had four in a row and then you take on the Cats at GMHBA. I don't think that's reason enough to... I mean, it does feel like Port supporters are just 
waiting for Ken Hinckley to slip up just so they can say, see, we told you, that guy's not from here. <laughs> we, we've been saying it all along. He's not from here. Yeah, it feels like with Port Adelaide supporters, they, they it's very much like the election. ScoMo was on the nose and they're willing to vote for anyone but ScoMo. They don't yeah. necessarily have another preferred candidate. Their choice is anyone but ScoMo. And at Port Adelaide, it's anyone but Hinckley. Do you think there's any chance Alistair Clarkson goes to Port Adelaide at yes, the end of the year? I think there's a chance. You do? Yeah, I do. What's the, what's in it for Clarko? I mean, I think Port Adelaide have got like still a good squad of players. They've got a bunch of good young players. You know, big big footy town, big prestige so. club. Yeah. I feel like Clarko wants to build something, build something from the ground up. We'll see what happens after all the AFL presidents get invited to Tassie this year. Did you see that? I don't think that uh, Clarko does want to build something. I think that Clarko wants to decorate okay. something. I think he wants something that's already built yeah. and he wants to come in and like spruce yeah. it up. Like he wants to buy a property and like renovate Just put a pool it in. and then sell it at an inflated yeah. profit. That's what he wants to yeah, do. that's right. Put a pool in, open up the kitchen, make a motto. Yeah. All right, that is two guys, one cup this week. Uh, we try and do our tips. I, and I say we try because sometimes we don't get there on a Thursday afternoon, 5 p.m. on Instagram Live. Hey, Will, we've got three round, uh, three games left in this round. Do you want to, do you want to give your... Oh, hang on. Does it make any sense if we tip now when people listen to this on a Wednesday? Yeah, let's see. Let's see how right or wrong we'll be. Because I don't even remember. I mean, we already I know, but I can't remember. Well, and I can't remember what I yeah, said. Yeah, either can I. Okay, so we've got <laughs> GWS taking on West Coast as we speak. In uh, fact, that game will be starting in, in, in 40 minutes. Um, so, what do you reckon about that? I think that uh, GWS beat West Coast. Okay, what about Hawthorne, uh, Brisbane? That's pretty easy. I think that Brisbane beat Hawthorne, but it's in Tassie, but I still think Brisbane beat Hawthorne. And Frio taking on the Pies. And I, I mean, think Frio win this one. I tip, I tip Collingwood on Thursday, and I'm tipping him again. Upset of the round, and that's my lock of the week for you, lockhead, for you lockheads out there. Uh, that's two guys. So far, one I think so far, I'm, I, I might be like, I might have got all my tips right so far. So it'll oh, really? be interesting to see. I, there's always at least one game where like it goes completely differently to what you thought. So that Collingwood one feels like the most likely to me that it could go either way. But I, I, I still believe in Freya. Uh, so that's you guys one cup this week thank you for listening play on not 15 ball we are two guys one cup listener